you know, there's all these stories about, you know, guys over in Macedonia who are running these fake news sites. Number 24 is Content Farms in Macedonia. Vidite ako se napravi greška, tako ki bude kobna, nema vrakenja nazad. So, Europe need to to remain more sexyple lady in the world. Ajde, majkata! The government of Zoranzaev continues racking up records of a sort. In the latest series of country rankings in various areas such as corruption, the economy, or form of government, the Economist newspaper has labeled Macedonia a, quote, hybrid regime, unquote, in its Democracy 2020 index and puts it in league with such democratic countries as Bolivia, Senegal, Montenegro, Tanzania, Moldova, Uganda, Bhutan, Lebanon, and Nigeria. Meanwhile, Bulgarian TV channels have demanded airtime on Macedonian airwaves, and at least one will be featured as Zoran Zaev continues cratering to the Bulgarias and giving them everything they demand. And while he's at it, Zaev's government has just purchased 200,000 doses of the coronavirus vaccine from China. When it gets there is anybody's guess. And there is talk of Kosovo joining with Albania to become a new state. We'll discuss all of this and more in this episode of the Macedonian Content Farmers Podcast. I'm Jason Miko, coming to you from the foot of the Catalina Mountains in Oro Valley, Arizona. And this is Tvitan Shalimanov in uh, Skopje, Macedonia, uh, a city which will probably be among the first targets of this future new Grand Albanian state. Right, I'm right on the borderline. <laughs> you know yeah, of course, the joke has always been, and I remember this, you know, going, you know, I've got 25 years of involvement in Macedonia and almost 30 in the Balkans. And so mm -hmm. the joke, as I remember it way back when, was sure the Albanians all want to live in one big state, but the question is, where would the capital be? Tirana, Pristina, or Tetovo? Uh, or or Bern, Switzerland. <laughs> yeah, there we go. And that's where the real fighting begins. Or frankly, uh, Brooklyn or, oh. uh, you know, um, some other place where they hang out. So, uh, yeah, that's that's always been the, the big question, of course, and there'd be lots of infighting amongst them, etc. But but let's 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 get to that in the more the moment. This is um, this is podcast one episode 101 of the Macedonian Content Farmers podcast. We uh, had the new intro uh, last uh the last episode. I hope people liked it. Uh, I know you put a lot of hard work into that, and it's mm -hmm. always fun to kind of mix things up a bit. Um, so, so this is yeah. So now we enter our next hundred, which is a record of sort. Never thought we'd be doing it for this long. But uh, speaking of records, and uh, in with the monologue there. So, I think last week we talked about um, uh, what? Let's see. It was the uh, corruption, the corruption uh, Transparency yeah. International, yeah. right? Yes, corruption. Transparency International and how uh, Macedonia hit a new low uh, with its rankings. And now the Economist newspaper, which is technically a magazine, but it calls itself a newspaper. Never figured that one out. Mm. Uh, in its Democracy 2020 Index, uh, calls Macedonia, the government, a hybrid regime, which even without even defining what a hy hybrid <laughs> regime is, it doesn't sound good. Uh, mm. it, it, just, it's, it ain't a democracy, that's for sure. And some of the other countries, Nigeria, Uganda, Moldova, you know, that, uh, that they're in the same league with. Uh, how did the government respond to that? It, it, it kind of, it, it, on the Cor Corruption's Perception Index from Transparency International, I know they tried to do a little song, a little dance. 
what did they say on this one? Uh, they were visibly hit by the Transparency International one because it's the first time it's so bad. I mean, uh, Macedonia has been dropping like a rock on this report. Uh, it <laughs> right. was in the 60s uh, in the world, like uh, 60-something uh, in the world under Gruevski, and now suddenly 105 last year, 111 this year. Uh, so it prompted, uh, you know, they tried to obscure it uh, by saying it's a poll that measures the perception of corruption, not actual corruption. Right. But then, as we mentioned last episode, the U.S. ambassador uh, came out very sternly uh, with a stern uh, comment, uh, which really scared uh, people in the government. Uh, she followed up on this with an interview afterwards, discussing corruption at length. Uh, and uh, it was clear it was for an Albanian news site which never asks a question which is not, you know, pre-ordered by the U.S. Embassy. They wouldn't dare hmm. ask a question on their own. So, you know, the very fact that she was asked about corruption and then she came back to it a couple of times uh, really probably scared the government. And uh, we're largely expecting some arrests in the coming, uh, in the near future. Uh, from SDSM ranks, usually SDSM ends up on the arrest. <laughs> Gee, they're arresting the opposition. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> they're going to arrest their own people. Wow. It will probably be targeted like uh, pre-agreed uh, victims. I, I doubt that it's going to be like uh, a serious assault on uh, you know an, an actual clearing up of SDSM people because they have to go all the way to the top. Zaf right. is definitely going to be involved. Embassy people will be involved. I don't know if you caught this, uh, uh, the son of the uh, top political advisor of the embassy was, uh, had his apartment searched. Uh, mm -hmm. This is Mitko Burchevsky. He's been uh, eminence Greece Forever. in the embassy. Yeah, he's yes. pulling all the shots. Ambassadors come and go, he remains. Uh, and apparently his son... I think... Uh, yeah? Yeah, no, go ahead. And I'll throw uh, it in. His son apparently has a license to produce marijuana, obviously got it through Zaf, one of the bigger companies uh, uh, in the country, actually, uh, and uh, the one in Khrushchev. And, uh, and if you go to Khrushchev, and I can, it looks like the entire place, everybody's been uh, smoking a joint uh, all day long. Uh, and uh, you know, there, there is an odor to the city by now. <laughs> uh, it's kind of an artsy-fartsy town. Yeah, yeah, it's a little bit, yeah. Uh, and the guy was apparently producing the wrong type of marijuana, the one you export for, you know, illegally, uh, for il illegal use, not for extraction of oil, and, and was producing much more than he should have, much greater concentration of the prohibited stuff. So he's under investigation. Obviously, we discussed other embassy people gone rogue, like uh, David Stevenson in the past. So, yeah, I mean, oh, yes. if they investigate Zaev, seriously, I mean, mm -hmm. to the full extent, then a lot of embassy people will have to go down with him. Mm -hmm. So, well, and, I don't know. And Mitko, I think, Mitko, uh, you, you mentioned he's been around forever. Um, I think Chris Hill, the first U.S. ambassador there, writes about Mitko in his book, mm. Outpost. Uh, I mean, he's been, he literally was there since before it was a actual embassy. Uh, yeah. And, uh, and I think informally he's referred to as Rasputin, correct? Is it, because of the uh, the physical resemblance uh, with the beard. Yeah, recently he's been uh, trying to catch the vibe, and also uh, he's been talking erratically when you would meet him, like uh, 
uh, cryptically. Yeah, he's gone really off the rails. Uh, I, I use it. I think others others use it. Uh, it's not like he's not really widely known figure in the populace. Uh, but yeah, I mean, in the informed circles, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Wow. Well, and and I think I read a piece. So the uh, the Zayev's party, uh, citizen or citizen as we call it, uh, without the M, uh, they're they're getting ready for their party congress, I believe, and so they're doing a, a membership check. Is that correct to see who's members, who's actually a member in good standing, and who isn't? Yeah, they're having officials like Zayev and others go around the um, individual apartment, individual party members into their apartments and like re-updating their list of members uh, and then they're gonna have them like uh, I think vote electronically for a new party leader in uh, March uh, late March early April uh, is the plan and uh, you know Zayev insists that he'll be a candidate that he will allow opposing candidates there was a major break over his position in Bulgaria with the Tsarvinkovsky wing so if Tsarvinkovsky wants to do something he can do it during this election of a new leader or in parliament uh, as the votes are now going, votes of no confidence are now progressing. Uh, so, uh, yeah, we'll, uh, we'll see how that works. But uh, there could be an interesting surprise sometime in March or April. Uh, if they really go the route of actual arrests of corrupt, for corruption, uh, if there is really something more to the what the U.S. ambassador is announcing in Transparency International and The Economist are beginning to turn a critical eye on Zayev. Uh, if it's not just, you know, a little prearranged housekeeping, you know, to keep the public entertained, but uh, with, with a few lower level people being arrested, but actual serious uh, engagement, then it will be in, uh, it could be in March around the Congress. Right. Well, that is something that we will we'll keep an eye out for. Um, talking offline to um, one of our listeners who um, has a long history with the countries of Southeastern Europe and as, as well mm-hmm. as with Macedonia, and he, he reads a lot about it, uh, a, um, a member of the uh, one of the EU countries. And, and he was mentioning to me the other day that he, he just seemed to think, seemed to sense, seemed to note uh, kind of a, a change in direction. Uh, in the wind, so to speak, which I know is a phrase that Nikola Dimitrov likes to use, uh, the wind at our backs. Um, but uh, our friend, who uh, we both mutually know and talk with, uh, was uh, seemed to think that just there's something out there. He can't quite put his finger on it, but there's a turning of sorts against mm. Zayev and his government uh, from all sorts of different corners. And these reports, uh, The Economist, Transparency International, the fact that the U.S. Embassy is, is, is coming out and, and others, and, uh, the, you know, the, the so-called colorful revolutionaries, who I know you have mentioned time and again, are either working for the government or they've kind of left the country and, and given up and things like that. So, uh, and, and let's be honest, the powers that be, the Western elites, the progressives, whatever you want to call them, they've accomplished their main goal of getting Macedonia into NATO. This whole kerfluffle with Bulgaria and the EU membership, etc., just doesn't seem to be going anywhere. Um, Obviously, Bulgaria's got their elections in late March. We'll see what happens there, but Macedonia... Perhaps Albania too aren't getting into the EU anytime soon. Uh, 
Mm. So maybe they are look they the Western elites are looking at this and saying, you know, the, we've accomplished part of our goal. This other thing's going to take a while. The country actually does need you know some sort of economic investment. Um, people are getting grumpy. That could create other problems of sorts in the region, especially as we alluded to with Kosovo and Albania, mm. and we'll talk about that shortly. Um, so maybe maybe they're. Maybe they have finally determined Svetin, that Zoran Zayev has played his assigned role. He has been the useful idiot to them that they always took him for, even though he never quite got on to that, never caught on to the fact that he actually, in their eyes, is an idiot. Uh, and now it's time for him to be dismissed. Um, we'll see. We, you know, we have the local elections coming up in the fall. I know uh, Vomero called for having uh, early general elections then, and Zayev mm-hmm. shot that down, but... There's a long time, actually, between now and October, so uh, I think that all remains to be seen. Yeah, there was a vote in the parliament on Dimitrov, and Zayev lost, like, seven seats, but it was probably, they assumed that it's not going, going to be a risky vote, so uh, not all of their people showed up, but, yeah, it was still noticeable that uh, Dimitrov didn't get all 62 votes. I mean, mm. Akhmeti didn't bother to travel to Skopje to vote for him, etc., so... <laughs> And there is another vote coming on uh, now on the two corruption ministers, on uh, Bojan Maricic, and, uh, who is the justice minister, and on Dubčan Nikolovski, who is the deputy prime minister assigned to fight corruption. And he seems to be uh, becoming more aggressive, more vocal in the past period, uh, which uh, coupled with the U.S. embassy statement, you know, even led to some speculations that he will be now tapped to be the new face of the Zayev regime, and uh, he's a total Zayev loyalist, other than that, completely a non-entity, but maybe have him as uh, the new face of the government, uh, well, even possibly replacing Zayev. Uh, so that's uh, one, uh, one development, uh, and we'll see how many votes, uh, you know, uh, will the ruling coalition put together to defend Maricic and... Uh, uh, Nikolovsky, and yeah, other than that, you know, other interesting development is this international criticism. We, we really, well, the Transparency International is a new thing. The Economist, which we discussed, it's an old development that Macedonia is ranked as a hybrid regime, and we really didn't pay much attention to it because the Economist completely supported the name change operation uh, right. to their correspondent in the Balkans, Tim Judah. They were very vocal in, you know, criticizing Vimera covering up uh, unpleasant facts about Zayev. Uh, you know, they were completely in the tank for Zayev and the name change, so we really didn't uh, take seriously the uh, this designation of hybrid regime, and I don't think they even bothered to really explain their thinking behind it, their uh, arguments, their criteria behind the um, ranking, while transparency does much more in this regard. But it's interesting that at least that they're not giving their guy Zayev uh, a better ranking. They're still keeping him as hybrid regime. I mean, now we completely earned the designation after so many opposition officials have been put in prison or charged in completely partisan uh, witch hunt trials without any evidence or using edited wiretaps as evidence. So, you know, we really actually do have political prisoners now. Uh, so we actually deserve the ranking, but uh, you would expect that it would go the other way, that, 
you know, they were so openly partisan in The Economist that they would give Zayev a new ranking now, but uh, they didn't. So, you know, we'll, we'll see if that's also something, uh, or if they're just lazy to update their criteria. <laughs> <laughs> There's Balkan fatigue, uh, perhaps. Yeah, they, you're right. The Economist has always been a left-wing newspaper, mm. although it's actually in magazine format. Never figured that one out. Uh, but yeah, on, on all issues, it is, it is far to the left. And you mentioned Tim Judah. It, it, and I do recall many times in the past couple of years after the so-called name change where they used the adjective North Macedonian when describing somebody or something. Oh, yeah, you started uh, your ranking with that. Right, yeah. North Macedonian this, North Macedonian that. I don't know if they've changed that, if that's part of their official policy to call things in Macedonia that should be called Macedonian. North Macedonian or not uh, might be, but that just goes to you know the, the the bigger picture that the whole name change was more than just about a name; it was about changing an identity as well. And Macedonians know that. Uh, I think they did. We all gave him hell on Twitter once uh, mm-hmm. the first time yeah, he did it, and that. then he was protecting the you know the treaty and said, "Listen, no, we're gonna implement it in the most favorable conditions for you, Macedonians, and yeah, we're gonna change it." But I don't know if they if they kept uh, if they're focused on this well yeah i don't i don't have a subscription why would i have a subscription why would i pay good money for a a newspaper that is left-wing um and mm. most of their stuff is behind paywalls online so i i can't read the um whenever they do write about macedonia which is not too often these days uh i can't i can't read if they're writing north macedonian or not same thing with financial times another left-wing british newspaper oh, yeah. etc well, frankly, the only the only good newspaper newspapers I, I know two good newspapers out there that I would that I trust. So that's the Wall Street Journal, and the mm. UK's uh, Tory uh, Telegraph. Sorry, yeah, I still call it the Torygraph. Uh <laughs> The Telegraph um, are the only two, and I need to get a subscription to those. Um, but go, going back to um, identity, let's we're you know uh, contractually obligated to talk about Bulgaria at least once a, once a podcast. <laughs> so, and I mentioned it in the uh, the monologue. Uh, the latest development, even as we wait for the elections in Bulgaria, the latest development being that uh, Lado Buchkovsky, the quote unquote envoy from Zoranzayev to uh, make nice nice with uh, the Bulgarians, mm-hmm. was over there last week and. I guess agreed to Bulgarian demands at least one of the TV channels. Uh, I don't know if it's Bulgarian State TV or mm-hmm. another one that that's now going to air part time on Macedonian airwaves, and then other Bulgarian TV channels piled on and said, "No, you got to give us airway air, air time as well." Uh, and then I may have missed it, but wasn't there also a, a Serbian uh, channel that wanted to get on? Uh, that's, I mean, that's a long-standing demand from Bulgaria, and honestly, uh, we have a practice here that all cable operators offer practically all the uh, Serbian channels, Bosnia, Montenegro, etc., which, uh, you know, people have been accustomed to watching and like to watch uh, due to the legacy of Yugoslavia. We have sure. bunches of Albanian channels for the Albanians, uh, Slovenian channels. Those are on channel. the cable networks. Yeah. Well, yep. I, I mean, I don't uh, know what else they want to do. I mean, I, I assume they want to do it on the cable channels. Uh, I don't. I really don't understand how else they want to. They want to do it. This is how ninety percent of the people get their news. The rest are only getting the Macedonian television and nothing else. So I'm not really sure what the plan is. Uh, um, only the Macedonian television broadcasts in. Uh, 
the old uh, what's it called terrestrial, terrestrial broadcasting. Right. Everything else goes rab rabbit ears on your um, TV, you know, with the the antenna. Uh, yeah, uh, <laughs> I mean there is uh, there is the uh, one one of the channels of the Macedonian television is an Albanian, and another and a third channel is on uh, is is in the languages of the smaller minorities. So maybe the Bulgarians will want to have like uh, the news from the Bulgarian television aired in this third channel, but they, they do not like this idea very much. Uh, in, in principle, they do not claim uh, minority status in Macedonia. They do not like demand that an elementary school has Bulgarian language education, just like uh, there are a couple of Serbian language schools, because that's an insult to Bulgaria. They claim that Macedonian in general is Bulgarian and that all right. Macedonians are Bulgarian. So it's, I, I don't think they would go for a minority channel, minority education. They would claim that to redefine the Macedonian language as a dialect of the Bulgarian, maybe try to um, alter it in the future. I, I mean, depending on how things develop, uh, they do not claim a minority status. They would be sorely disappointed. They would get like, Ten children uh, enroll in uh, in the first <laughs> school they open, right. uh, but uh, listen to be told. But yeah, it, it's been a noticeable omission, notable omission that we do not have a Bulgarian channel on the cable offerings, and right. Bulgaria has claimed that this is because of bureaucratic pressures in Macedonia, because of a culture of uh, hatred, interest in gens, and there is something to it because it's really noticeable that s somebody is is preventing this. I mean, mm. I double-checked over the weekend, there is no Bulgarian channel offer here, there is no, on the cables, there is no Macedonian channels offered in Bulgaria uh, on their big cable networks. And, you know, since we have all the other Balkan channels, it's really... Uh, for a while, there used to be several very trashy uh, folk, turbo-folk, uh, <laughs> like this fashionable, you know, this Silicon yeah, Girls... Yeah. Jiggling oh, yes. on the uh, <laughs> on the videos, uh, Planet Painter is the name of the of the company, and they would broadcast in Macedonia for a while, and then they stopped. People, I don't know if people didn't like them or they they are cancelled. They're no longer broadcasting, but it's a common sense request. It should be done. Uh, I doubt people will much watch it. It will actually probably contribute to hatred at the moment because people w tuning in will watch news in which you know Macedonia will probably be featured prominently the way things are going and the discussion will be in the sense that you know these uh, deluded Bulgarians who think they're Macedonians along these lines so it will probably have negative reaction once it starts airing and, and besides the whole thing is mute I was in Bulgaria what like a few months ago for a while and uh, I was actually surprised how many Bulgarians watch Macedonian news uh, intently, mm -hmm. systematically, but they do this on YouTube. There is really no reason even to have it on the cable offering. If I'm interested in watching it, I can just, I can watch it right now. I mean, it, will, it takes me right. two, two clicks on the tablet and I'm, and I'm watching whatever news I want in Bulgaria. So it's really not a big deal in this time and age that you say that. Well, yes, but I I, th I think it is. My reading would be that because yes, you know the nature of of um, media consumption around the world and how it's changing to this on demand and streaming and 
and everything else that you just spoke to, I think the bigger picture here, uh, to my mind, is is this constant, it's a manufactured story, and uh, it just shows that the Bulgarians are demanding ever more, ever closer union, to use an EU phrase, yeah, of <laughs> um, is, is what it's all about, and and trying to, to to drum it into the minds of Macedonians that, you know, they're wayward Bulgarians or whatever, and it's 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 part of the um, their strategy of of um, berating and belittling the Macedonians by these constant demands, whether it's whether it's you know the the, the school books or the or the TV channels, the media, or you know something else, uh, and I think that's what it is, at least to my mind. But, but they might as we, well ask for a newspaper. I mean, it's an yeah. outdated mode of communication to make such a big deal out of it. If people want to watch it, they easily can. Well, but yeah, I mean, given that everything else is running, uh, I mean, it's a common sense. It's a, it's a, it's a, okay. It's no, no big deal that it should run. I predict it's gonna, you know, have a counter effect now that it's being hyped and people are gonna tune right. in. In the first day to watch it, and especially new journalists are going to tune in, going to carefully, you know, comb through the news to catch something uh, mm-hmm. which is provocative and practically all the news reports on Macedonia. <laughs> I think it's going all to start. All news everywhere is provocative. <laughs> yeah, I think it's going to start on March 1st, I think they said, and then on March 3rd is the anniversary of the San Stefano Treaty, which is still a national holiday in Bulgaria. Yes. And, you know, it's. Uh, literally like celebrating uh, the prospect, the idea of having a greater Balkan state. Yes. And uh, there is absolutely no way not to see it in a provocative light. I mean, just imagine what... Uh, it's it's like if we had a holiday of unification between Vardar and Pirin, Macedonia, and Aegean Macedonia, the Greeks and the Bulgarians will be uh, on our throats in a second. Uh, it's not a bad idea, actually. Yeah. <laughs> They, they, they blame us of celebrating this, of using this as imagery in schools, etc. Uh, or, you know, if Albania starts, uh, you know, openly discussing, I mean, greater Albania as they do, uh, Bulgaria actually has a national holiday on, on this issue. I, I'm surprised that Greece is not making a bigger deal out of this because half of the expansion projected under the San Stefano Bulgaria falls on uh, Greek, Greek's head. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, we could have the Bulgarian national television start broadcasting on the first, and we could have a major scandal on the third. Lovely, their timing is exquisite. <laughs> yes, yeah, uh, might be designed that way. Um, well, since we're talking about greater states in the Balkans, greater Bulgaria, greater Macedonia, greater Albania, greater Greece, greater whatever, greater Serbia, I got to throw that in there. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Kosovo is having parliamentary elections. Do we have a date? What's the date on that? Oh, crap. I'm not sure. Yeah, I'm not sure either. But anyway, they've got parliamentary elections coming up. Uh, so they've got the various parties that are fighting um, in that. And you mentioned, I missed this. So it's uh, How to Deny's Party is is got a platform in which includes Kosovo joining with Albania. Did I, did I get that correctly? Yeah, they're, uh, they always... Uh... Even when in, in, in the past, when Edin Rama would mention this, it's mm. always couched in the formula of uh, unless we get EU membership. Yes, of course. Yeah, so you, uh, it's a and, form and of wink, blackmail. Wink, nudge, nudge, say no more. 
Yeah. But yeah, this is now his platform. I mean, uh, the polls are now again predicting that uh, this uh, protest party, the Vetvendosia movement, which is mm-hmm. pretty, you know, very much nationalist on its own, mm-hmm. uh, is going to win the way things are going. That's Alvin Kurti, uh, correct? Yeah. But he, he can't he wanted, run. He's been barred from running. Uh, no, I think he can. Uh, yeah, he has some kind of like a criminal charge. But I yeah, think... Yeah, exactly. Uh, pff, but even if he... I mean, anyway, I think they can make him a prime minister or something. Right. I don't think it's going to be a big uh, obstacle. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, they, uh, he was actually, you know, hilariously toppled in a coup organized by the Trump administration, probably exactly. the only, the only coup of the, tr- it's really, <laughs> right. it's really out of this world. Unless we count the removal of Grivsky, which technically happened under the Trump administration's term, but uh, in the first months of it. Um, yeah. But, but uh, the State yeah, and uh with Kurti predicted to win, then the old war uh, wing parties, which are the former commanders of the Uchaka, who mm-hmm. practically held uh, a lock on Kosovo politics since uh, the war in 1999, uh, they are now obviously concerned and they need to up the, the stakes. And uh, Haradina is up in the stakes with a call for unification. Kosovo and Albania not yet calling for Macedonia, but it's very clear that if this happens, if uh, Kosovo and Albania unify, you know, Macedonia is obviously going to be the next uh, uh, first on the carving block after after this happens. Mm-hmm. Well, and, you know, I'm an old Balkan hand. I've been studying this, as I mentioned earlier, for almost 30 years now, three decades. Um, and, of course, all of the so-called experts, I'm using air quotes here, said that that will never happen, these states will never join, Uh, they can't join, there's international rules and agreements and blah, 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 that says that they can't do that, and yet, what are you going to do if if they say we're going to go ahead and join? Are you going to send an army in? I mean, Albania is a NATO member state. Kosovo is protected by NATO and has, oh, Camp Bonsteel is there, Uh, and you've got, you know, NATO troops there. What, how does that work in practice um i don't know uh i don't know but you know it's i think i think in the in this brave new world that we're entering of uh you know the united states is in a position of its late empire uh, it's in a p- position of decline the ascendant uh, power of course is china uh and we'll talk about that in relation to the coronavirus in a few minutes here the ascendant power is China uh, around the world, but especially in, well, obviously Africa, Latin America, and of course Europe. Uh, and so what, how does all this fit in with that? I, I don't know. It's something worth thinking about and talking with others and, um, and watching. Yeah, I mean, the U.S. Uh, toppled uh, Kurti practically with, uh, you know, frequent visits, calls to the other parties to form a... Uh, uh, a majority, uh, and then you know, once uh, practically the plan was to install Hashim Tachi and use him to change to redraw the borders between Serbia and Kosovo, uh, which uh, uh, he was installed. 
I mean, he was practically, they formed a government which was much more to touch his uh, liking and his control. Uh, and then as he was flying to the US, uh, to DC, to sign the treaty right. with Vucic and Trump, I remember the Hague Tribunal declared him uh, a war criminal mid-flight. Right. <laughs> so, I mean, this would be the approach the US would use um, if, uh, you know, Haradinei does well, is uh, part of a future government. Uh, Edi Rama wants, you know, is dissatisfied with the drop in, uh, with the lack of uh, EU integration for Albania and then, uh, you know, drops in the polls and tries to, you know, raise the issue for, for real. They would, you know, the US would probably leak some wiretaps on them. We've seen how they do it with uh, uh, Gruevski. Use the special tribunal in uh, in Pristina and Hague uh, to go after the people in Kosovo. I mean, this is, uh, they would pick up the phone to the prosecutor of Albania to, you know, file some charges against Edi Rama, bring down his government. This is how the uh, US does it uh, yes. now. But uh, the thing is that, as we saw with uh, Kurti and with Tachi, there are dueling uh, factions in the US. Now that Trump is out, maybe this will no longer be an issue. With what little foreign policy influence he had, he focused it on <laughs> on poor old Kosovo. Mm-hmm. But it was still, you know, I mean, we've seen diplomats here in Macedonia working for the higher bidder. It's really, and no, nobody pays more than the Kosovars in, in this region. So sure. who knows? I mean, who knows? Right. Yeah. Well, wasn't it in, in the, uh, the um, let me get this straight, the Biden-Harris administration, <laughs> uh, the Biden-Harris State Department, I think, was calling the other day, uh, even though they've been in, in office for less than three weeks, for Serbia to, um, to go ahead and, and basically recognize Kosovo. Uh, yeah, they uh, they do this every year, practically. Uh, they did it to us as well. They would send a, a letter of congratulations on uh, the 8th of September on our Ilinden, and they would definitely make sure to include uh, a comment in this that we look anxiously on you, Mr. Grivsky, that you need to resolve the dispute with Greece mm-hmm. as soon as possible. And then during the colored revolution times, they would, I think, also add something about uh, fighting crime, respecting the prosecutor we installed, something like that. So they do this to Serbia as well. They tell Serbia yeah. in the congratulations on uh, Serbian national holiday that uh, you also need to rec- to resolve your issue with Kosovo by recognizing it. Right. And, uh, you know, this is a huge insult to the country which, uh, you know, you're congratulating mm-hmm. your nation, its national day to and uh, you know, the service responded angrily to this, like, uh, thank you for the letter, but we're never doing this. So, yeah, it's a really, really ugly, uh, ugly move by the, from, from the U.S. It's completely out of tune with Balkan sent, uh, sentimentality. And, you know, I'm, I'm sure the U.S. knows this. And the of course, people writing yeah. this know it. Right. But, but again, going back to my point on how the United States is in, in a, as a position of late empire, it's on the, it's it's mm. in it's decent, and China is in the ascendancy. Maybe I'm twenty or thirty years too early right now in suggesting that yes, the United States State Department plays these games and does these things. That won't be this. That won't always be the case though. And when the Chinese are the are are 
in the words of Kent Brockman, become our ant overlords, um, you know, then, then, uh, then how does that work? I don't know. Um, I guess I need to bone up on Chinese foreign policy a little bit. So, <laughs> so although no, we've got a pretty good us. idea of what it is. What's that? They're helping us out at this moment. Uh, yeah. <laughs> that was the funny development uh, today. Uh, after insisting, you know, our government refused uh, the Russian vaccine, didn't even initiate talks with the Chinese. The Russians offered it, actually, met with the government and uh, made an offer. And uh, they said... Uh, the government never got back to us. Uh, so after refusing these two offers and saying, no, we're going to buy the Western vaccine, only Pfizer, nothing else is good, in, good enough for us. And now when they realize that they can't even get uh, donated Pfizer's from Serbia or Bulgaria, they can't buy it for money, they can't get it through the COVAX mechanism. Uh, the government today, the healthcare minister, signed a contract with China for 200,000 doses of the uh, Chinese vaccine, and it, this is particularly hilarious for the minister because <laughs> one of the biggest scandals he did in 2018 for the referendum, for the name change referendum, uh, the ministry joined in the all-out assault on the public, forcing us to vote. Uh, they purchased uh, billboards across the country, and the billboard said, uh, vote yes uh, mm -hmm. for joining the EU, and once we join, we're going to get all the best quality European vaccines all the time, <laughs> plus free free healthcare in the EU, wherever we, you want to go to the whichever EU state, you'll be treated for free. And How's it working said, out for you? Yeah, <laughs> very well. On the second point, people t said, okay, everybody who knows a little bit about anything said, ah, that's not how it works, yeah. uh, on free healthcare in Europe. And on the first issue, they said, okay, but... Uh, does this mean that at the moment we do not get the best quality vaccines from the EU, from Europe, from European manufacturers? Are we getting some second-hand Balkan bootleg <laughs> vaccines? And it was Bathtub major, vaccine. yeah, it was major on goal for Philipsa. And now today he had the logical ending of this disaster when he had to persuade us and promise as well the va the Chinese vaccine is not all that bad. Either you know, their <laughs> might is saved. <laughs> yeah, it was great. Well, good. So you're going to get two hundred thousand doses maybe in March sometime. But of course, two hundred thousand doses is a hundred thousand people. If you've got to get mm -hmm. two shots, two jabs, as they say. Um, yeah. And even if you take it, the Macedonia is only one point five, one point six million people. That's a really small percentage of the entire population. And I know that there's a certain percentage that doesn't want to get vaccinated at all, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, you got you guys got a lot of work to do in terms of uh, oh, but you know what? Um, you're a NATO member. NATO and Macedonia stand <laughs> shoulder to shoulder. I would think that NATO would be offering some help and assistance uh, other than masks. I mean, you walk down. It, you know, when I was there a couple of well last month, you know, you walk down the street and it's it's like you used to see used condoms all over the place. Now you see used mm. masks all over the place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> so we're overmasked as a society. Uh, so uh, well, congratulations on you, your your purchase of two hundred thousand doses of the coronavirus vaccine from China. Um, yeah, NATO landed a few respirators today, like four, I think. Uh, <laughs> we have the, the Slovak foreign minister coming. You know, they had this fight right. uh, with Bulgaria, which was probably engineered by Germany or somebody like that. Uh, when Slovakia and the Czech Republic blocked the Bulgaria from making 
Macedonia changing the, its history and official requirement in mm -hmm. one of the several EU documents, which is not the most important document, but it would have been an important move for Bulgaria to secure this, and Slovakia and the Czech Republic suddenly figured that it affects them as well, uh, because Cyril and Methodius are claimed by Bulgaria, uh, claimed by Macedonia, but honored in uh, Slovakia and the Czech Republic too, so they vetoed Bulgaria's move, and now they're kind of like our buddies in the EU, Zav's buddies. Nobody mm -hmm. else comes to visit him. That's becoming noticeable that no internationals are inviting him or mm. coming over. Gone are the days of the of 2018 in the referendum when Merkel and Theresa May would uh, bump into each other in the Skopje airport, uh, <laughs> coming to support uh, Zav. But we had a Slovak minister. He came and he brought four ventilators, and uh, that's about it. No vaccines. Uh, Bulgaria promised. Serbia promised. Nobody delivered. And uh, neither of the bigger countries is delivering anything to Zav. So we get the, the Chinese uh, vaccines now. And uh, oh. <laughs> we'll see how that works. And they have a plan. So they're just going to give it first to the doctors working on Corona. Mm -hmm. And people over 75 mm -hmm. is the first category. Then the second category is other doctors. Some of the teachers, I think, etc. And... Uh, People under, I think, 65 to 75 with some illnesses or something mm. like that. And then they're going to give it to teachers younger than 65 with illnesses. Uh, they, they'll see how far the 100,000, 200,000 is stretch. You, you left out one category there, Sutton, the politicians. Uh, when are oh they yeah. getting it? I think they're number two. I think they're in the second uh, okay. uh, branch. But I think they're going to give... Like the most important politicians, like in other countries, they're going to give them the shot. Uh, I, I think among the first people, just like they will say, we're setting an example. But I'm pretty sure that Zaev and the rest have already gotten the Pfizer vaccines through some back channels. And uh, Philip Ch's other major vaccine scandal, other than the billboards, was that he had, uh, there was a, around the same time in 2018, there was kind of like, uh, uh, anti-vaxxer movement on the uh, MMRP vaccine, what's it called in uh, in the US, I think. Uh, uh, this uh, mumps, uh, rubella. No idea, sorry. Yeah, yeah. The, the common kids vaccine, the one you give to kids. So he wanted to set an example mm -hmm. and he had a, a, a baby which he said, this is my niece, I'm giving it, I'm, I'm holding it while a nurse is giving it a shot. Uh, so, you know, you, you know that the vaccine is safe <laughs> and uh, people could easily notice that the, the vaccine, uh, that the, the needle has a cap on it while it's pressed on the baby's arm and that the baby is way too young to receive the vaccine. Right. And after a while, Philip Czech had to acknowledge, okay, yes, uh, it was uh, my attempt at the PR campaign to assure you, but maybe it wasn't the smartest move on my part. Uh, because yes, it was not. It was not an actual vaccine. She didn't really. Correct. Yes, it wasn't the smartest horrible. move on my part because it was a lie. <laughs> yeah, it was horrible. Yeah, uh, it was horrible. Oh, when was that? Uh, twenty seventeen, twenty eighteen. Oh, wow. Twenty eighteen, okay. I think. Wow, that's a good one to remember. So I we'll have to. I can dig that one up. Uh, yeah, numbers of vaccinations actually dropped significantly at the time. Oh. 
women going on Facebook, you know, watching uh, Serbian uh, doctors tell you how it's, you know, they're using aborted fetus cells in the vaccines oh. and, uh, and, you know, people, you know, sure. stopped doing it. Uh, and uh, you know, thousands of people stopped doing it, and Philip just started a campaign. They, they actually banned children from enrolling in school uh, unless they're vaccinated. Uh, this campaign, obviously, now is... Uh, it had some initial success. Now it's obviously going nowhere because children are not going to school anyway. So, mm. <laughs> so I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> yeah, indeed. Well, all right. Well, I think that's a full wrap. We kind of covered everything that we... Uh wanted to we didn't talk about the census which i know has been sounds like it's mm-hmm. going to be delayed a couple of months so yeah that's some sort of good news i guess even though it's still going to be a mess as we know uh, but we yeah can, yeah we can cover that then we're going to start collecting signatures to stop to actually right shut down the law which the big problem is that it's going to include immigrants which albanians mm-hmm. insist on because they want to count their huge immigration population as actually living in Macedonia to, uh, you know, insist that they are over 20-25%. But yeah, it's a long story. Mm. We can get to it in a later podcast. We'll get to the next one. Yeah, well, this is, again, this is episode 101 of the Macedonian Content Farmers Podcast. We're recording this on Monday the 8th, so we'll drop this probably tomorrow, Tuesday the 9th of February short month we hit it on rumble the last time uh, besides youtube right. and i think mm-hmm. i think it's gonna i mean it, it was very painfully slow to upload mm-hmm. uh for some reason but and it actually dragged down my youtube upload at the same time so i need to <laughs> do it separately <laughs> but yeah i mean it's a macedonian company we're gonna yeah. continue to patron it it's not big tech so one small contribution to fighting Absolutely. Everybody, every bit helps. So yeah, follow us on YouTube and Rumble. Uh, If you want to sponsor, (laughs) let us know. (laughs) We'll keep asking. Uh, But uh, anyway, good to catch up with you, Svetlana, on all these issues. Yeah, you too, buddy. Take care. You too.